everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Together, we're going to find our way on unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. Hope you guys had a great October. I hope you have a great November. I have a special treat for you from season three, episodes seven and eight. It's a two-parter, Village of the Darned, parts one and two. In part one, which aired on November 11th, 1984. Rick and Alfonso are disappointed when they're unable to go to a Thanksgiving party, as Edward, Kate, and Dexter have decided to take them on a surprise trip to the Caribbean island of St. Agnes, Agnes excuse me, in the company plane, which Kate is piloting. This episode's, ooh, this episode's got a 5.9 out of 10 based on 19 ratings. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cover part one, and then when I start part two, I'm going to read the synopsis then. This episode was directed by Jack Shea. Writers David W. Duclon, Duclon, Ron Levitt, the creator, and Michael G. Moy, the creator, Bob Ills. James R. Stein, Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds, and Ben Starr, all the creators. Let's see. Oh, I just thought. Oh, yeah, November 11th, Veterans Day. This was on Veterans Day. All right. So if you are a new listener, thank you for tuning in. We have all three seasons just about of Silver Spoons completed. In January, I will cover start covering season four. In December, the final episode of season three, the Christmas episode, will be uploaded then for the holiday season. So, October, I did the Halloween episode of season three of Silver Spoons. In this month of November, I'm doing the two-part Village of the Dan, parts one and two, for Thanksgiving. And then in Christmas, December, I will be covering Twas the Night Before Christmas. So, and then... In January, we'll get to season four and see how the Stratton family is faring, how they're doing. Edward and Kate adjusting to married life, all that fun stuff. Rick still in high school. But until then, let's get into this episode. If you guys are new and you want to follow along with the podcast on the social media, you can do so. On Instagram at Silver Spoons Podcast or Facebook at Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons Podcast, or just type in Silver Spoons Podcast and it should pop up. If you'd like to send an email, I'd love to hear from you. You can do so at Silver Spoons Podcast at gmail.com. The episode starts in the living room, where it seems a lot of the episodes start usually in the living room. Rick is bent over at a table working on an old sailing ship. He's getting the dental floss type or piano wire string, really, really thin string, 
trying to get the sails up and everything like that, and he's kind of struggling. Now, this isn't the kind of little ship that's going to go inside a bottle, mind you. Of course, Edward comes along, sees his son is kind of struggling a bit, and is like, oh, son, let me, uh, let me pop in here and now help you out, because I am actually an expert at this. So, let's find out what ha- I bet he's gonna break it. I, I, I have my, f- my feeling, like, yeah, I, I mean, those people that come along, I'm an expert, let me figure this out, and then they break it, and then it's like, ugh, really? Darn it. Rigging's kind of tough, huh? I'll see. Yeah, here. I'm a pro at that. Yeah, I'll see. Yeah. I sure love it when we do things together, son. Yeah, I do too, man. <laughs> I'll get it. It's all right, I'll get it. Because he's got a remote right there. So, it's the rigging of the ship that um, Rick is having issues with. And, of course, Edward just sits right down. And at first I thought they were, like, sharing a seat, which they kind of are. And Edward just takes over the project. It's like one of those parents is like, oh, you have a science fair project? Let me completely take it over and do all the work myself. And you won't be helping at all, by the way. So Edward kind of does that with the ship. And meanwhile, Rip like, gets up and is like looking, trying to look over his dad's shoulder while Edward's kind of bent over working on the ship. So he can kind of see what he's doing that, so that way Rick knows what he's doing wrong and that he can improve on. And, of course, it's like, Rick can't see anything. Dad, I can't. Uh, uh, Peering through, like, underneath his arms. Like, I uh, Finally, Rick just gives up. You know, I'm going to, here, here's a magazine. I'm going to flip through this. And Edward's like, wow, son, I really love these times we share together working on stuff. And Rick is like, yeah, Dad, that's, that's great. Doorbell rings, and Rick's like, oh, I'll get it. And, of course, Edward's like, I got it right here. See, there's a remote click. Dexter and Alfonso come in. They're arguing about the time that Alfonso will have to hang out with Rick. He wants to hang out for an hour. Dexter's like, no. A half hour tops and you're already the clock's already running on that half hour while you complain to me. Like, you need to study. Your midterm grades were absolute garbage. I want to see improvements. And meanwhile, Edward had no idea as Rick and Alfonso start heading up the stairs to, like, hang out and stuff. Edward had no idea that Rick had even gotten his midterm grades in yet. So Rick tries to play it off like, oh, well, I mean, I thought I could save it, you know, for after dinner, kind of like a dessert. And Edward's like, <laughs> how about as an appetizer? As in, let me see the paper. And while Edward's looking at it, Rick is like, well, I did get an A in this, and I got a B in this. And Edward's like, son, you, like, practically bombed in science. What's up with that? He's like, you like computers, right? How is that any different than this science that you're learning? And Rick's like, yeah, but if, why do I got to know the difference between a rock and a worm? I mean, I know what they look like. I know they're different. I was like, the, science 
is completely separate from computer science. They're two totally different things. One is working with minerals and animals and stuff like that, and the other one is working with technology and, and writing codes and programs and stuff like that. You have to have really nimble th fingers to be able to work on that string or that whatever you floss or whatever you want to call it is so thin almost like a needle trying to get a piece of thread into that that hole at the top of the needle it's like you really got to pinpoint it and kind of squint your eye Edward's a pro at that kind of stuff. But. I love how <laughs> Dexter t tells Alfonso, like, what did I tell you about starting an argument at someone's house? It's rude. Oh, Rick takes the ship back from his den. Like, hey, Alfonso, you can help me work on my ship. My project. Thank you. And as soon as Dexter makes a comment about the midterm grades, you see Rick with Alfonso start to walk up the stairs. And Edward just kind of eyes him like, Rick, as in, isn't there something that you want to show me? And Rick stops and looks at his dad. And, and Edward's like, I didn't know that you'd gotten your midterm grades back. So he got an A in English and a B in math. Well, those are pretty good. But it seems like the science thing he's kind of always struggled with. Remember uh, season two? When he was kind of bombing that science class and he had to come up with this, like, laser light show. And, oh yeah, it's the episode where Derek, like, puts a microphone on his dad's, like, shirt or something and picks up his dad checking into a, <laughs> a motel. And I guess he's a frequent, um, guest there because the guy knows who he is, the guy at the checkout desk. Like, no, I told you, my name is Mr. Smith. <laughs> and he says, in Spanish, I was muy, muy bueno. Sorry. And Edward's like, yeah, and in science, you were muy lousy. Like, and Rick's answer to that is like, I'm squeaking by. And Edward just can't believe Rick's attitude here. With, he's like, seriously, when have you been a squeaker buyer? You've always done really good in school. Mostly. The fact that he's like, I've always squeaked by. It's like, dude, you're in high school now. And I can't see Edward forking over a bunch of money for you to just go to a party school or screw around. Like, no. You're in high school, your grades matter at that point. Like, really, really matter. And they decide what college you're going to get into based on your grades. And he tells us that I'm not into science. And Edward's like, what? You like computers, though? It's like, that's not really the same thing. Minerals and rocks and worms are not computers and software. So Edward kind of has given him a lecture about how scientific principles affect everything we do in life. Wow, yeah. And he says, every action, there is a reaction for that. And he holds up Rick's midterm grades, points to him and says, action. And then he says, reaction, as he points to his faces. And you need to pull up this grade or you're not going anywhere for a long time. And he tells Rick, if you don't improve your grades, you're going to be going to a college that comes, the brochure comes in a matchbook. It's like, I can't even see Edward even sending him to college if he's just going to screw around like this. I get the importance of college, but it's like, yeah, you're not going there to goof around. You're going there to get a degree and get a job.
just because your daddy has money doesn't mean you're getting a free ride to college just to screw around. So Rick's like, hey, Alfonso, let's go study. And they start to walk up. Alfonso says, oh no, I forgot my book. So I'm going to play this clip because it is just, it's so funny. As Dexter's like, oh no, 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 I got it right here. As he opens up his briefcase and just chucks the book at Alfonso. Here, now you don't have an excuse not to study. No more questions, that's final. But only a half an hour to goof around? You heard me, I want you to study. But it's Saturday. Can't I hang out with Rick for at least an hour? A half hour, a minute of which you've already wasted on this pointless protest. But Uncle Dexter... Quiet! <laughs> Haven't I told you it's bad manners to carry on a personal argument in someone else's home? Hello there. <laughs> Come on, Alfonso. You can help me with my model. You're not getting anywhere with Perhaps you can help him bring up some of his deplorable midterm grades. Yeah. Rick. I didn't know you got your midterm grades already. I didn't. Yeah, I was saving them for after dinner. You know, like dessert. <laughs> what do you say we make it before dinner? You know, like an appetizer. <laughs> Oh, you know they're gonna Actually, suck. I did quite well. Got an A in English, B in math, and in Spanish, I was muy bueno. <laughs> and in science, you were muy lousy. I'm squeaking by. Oh, come on, Rick. Since when are you a squeaker buyer? I'm just not into science, Dad. What do you mean? You love computers? I don't understand. Regular science is boring. What's the difference if I know the names of rocks and worms as long as I can tell them apart? <laughs> Scientific principles affect everything we do in life. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Action, reaction. Now I understand that principle. You know, if you don't improve these grades, you're going to end up going to a college where the application comes in a matchbook. What's your point, Dad? I just thought of something. I can't study. I forgot my books. Don't despair. <laughs> I thought it was. Nice try, Alfonso. So, Alfonso, now having the book, he just looks at Uncle Dexter and says, Thank you, as he and Rick continue up the stairs to his room. And I like what Dexter said here about teenagers. You know the problem with teenagers, Edward? They're too young to spank and too young to evict. <laughs> as soon as we get up to Rick's room, Alfonso starts in. You know the trouble with adults? They're delirious with power. And Rick is like, yeah, they don't know how mature we are. Really? Getting... A D or whatever you got in science makes you mature? Come on. You're not mature. You're a teenager. They're both throwing darts at the door with that little dartboard that's rigged up on the back of it. Rick says how he buys his own underwear, so I guess that makes him mature. And Alfonso tells Rick how until his grades improve, his uncle Dexter took away the volume knob on his stereo. Ugh. Good luck trying to reattach that. So, Alfonso just feels like everything he does is not good enough for his Uncle Dexter. And how he had 20 bucks in his piggy bank and Dexter got angry with him because it wasn't in, like, some 
special bank account to gain interest. It wasn't in a money market account. What is a money market account? It's an account that pays interest on current interest rates. Uh, or something to that effect. In the money markets, apparently. And Rick, of course, just tells Alfonso, like, Dexter, all he cares about is business. That's all he understands. And Alfonso, like, yeah. He makes me keep track of what I spend on my allowance. And he says that he's the only kid in America that knows that 77% of his allowance is spent on candy, records, and movies. So what's the 33%? Wait, 77, 23. I'm sorry. Dang. Thank you, Rick. I was, <laughs> what, 33? No, it's 23%. Entertainment. So, Alfonso's like, my Uncle Dexter just wants me to be more like him, but I am a wild stallion. As he does some little dance move that gets the audience like, woo! <laughs> and, of course, Rick's like, hey, look, speaking of Roman Free, we gotta discuss what we're gonna do for Thanksgiving vacation. So, I'm gonna play this clip. <laughs> you know the trouble with teenagers, Edward? They're too old to spank and too young to evict. You know the trouble with adults? They're delirious with power. They don't realize how mature we are. Hey, I buy my own underwear. They treat us like kids. My Uncle Dexter says until my grades come up, he's taking away the volume knob for my stereo. never do anything good enough for him. I saved $20 in my piggy bank and he got mad at me because it wasn't in a money market account. <laughs> well, Dexter understands his business. I'll say he makes me keep track of how I spend my allowance. I'm the only kid in America who knows that 77% of his allowance <laughs> is spent on candy, records, comics, and movies. <laughs> what about the other 23%? Entertainment. <laughs> he wants me to be like him, but I'm not. I'm like a wild stallion. I got no free. <laughs> so Alfonso, speaking of Roman free, we gotta talk about our plans for Thanksgiving vacation next weekend. You got anything in mind? Talk to me. Well, Freddie gave me two tickets for the Snoopy on Ice show Saturday night. Yeah, that would have been a little too much for Freddie. <laughs> anyway, I traded him in for the Cindy Lauper concert. Ooh. Great. But where's Freddie gonna be? He has to go on a car trip to Buffalo. He has to spend his entire four-day vacation with his parents. Ooh. <laughs> I feel sorry for him. Oh, that's Hello. A cool phone. <laughs> Hiya, Nate. It's Nate. Ooh. What's shaking? Yeah, Alfonso's here. Why? A party? The Friday after Thanksgiving. Uh, hold on, we'll have to discuss it. Oh, <laughs> I think we can make it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, Nate, we'll see you Friday. Bye. This is great. We're the only two freshman guys invited. Wow. We're hotter than we thought we were. No, that sounds This like is a major breakthrough. Breakthrough? This is an honor. <laughs> By the way, we're supposed to bring all the food. <laughs> so, Freddy's got two tickets for Snoopy on Ice. 
And Alfonso's like, yeah, that sounds a little bit too much for Freddy. And Rick's like, yeah, that's why I took them and traded them in for tickets to go see Cindy Lauper. And Alfonso asks about Freddy, like, what's what's up with him? What's he got going on? He's going to be going with his parents. Car trip to Buffalo, New York. The whole four-day vacation. I don't think that Freddy would mind that, though. He seems like he likes his parents. Granted, we don't hear, we don't see him enough to hear him talk about his parents, but we'll get to meet his parents in the Christmas episode. And we hear this whistle blow. At first, I wasn't sure where it was coming from, but then I noticed that Rick's got this really cool football phone. That's what that was coming from. And it turns out it's a school friend named Nate, who I think we've met him before. He says that there's a party going on the day after Thanksgiving, so Friday, and that they can come. Apparently, the kids are still freshmen. Granted, this, of course, is episode seven, where, you know, Kate and Edward, they're not married yet. So, she is still Kate Summers. She's not a Stratton yet. I haven't even seen Kate yet. Like, where is she? So... Alfonso and Rick are the only freshmen being invited to this party as long as they bring some munchies, some food. Alfonso's like, oh my gosh, we're harder than we thought we were. We're like the only freshmen going to this party? Wow. It's like really, a, it's not just a breakthrough, it's an honor. I mean, we are the only freshmen going to this party. I'd be like, I'd be a little worried. Like, are they going to get hazed? But no, it's like, no, we just got to bring all the food. Which, they got money, they can bring food. But now we're back downstairs. We got Edward sitting at a table with a chess set that's so big. It's really similar looking to the Harry Potter chess board pieces. And he and Dexter are playing chess while talking about... How their kids don't understand them. They don't understand their kids. So I'm trying to find this football phone. Rick's is a lot bigger and it's on like a little kickstand. Whereas this one here, there's a commercial for one. Clearly from like the late 80s. But it's a lot smaller and it's got a brown cord attached to it. It's really like a hand. It's, it's This commercial is just so funny. <laughs> Oh, it's through Sports Illustrated. That's what that is. I looked on eBay. I think this is pretty much, it's a prop for the show, the football phone. It's got this huge, like, outlet in the back of it at uh, the kickstand, the white kickstand. I looked on eBay. There is something, like, for 26 bucks that is kind of similar to it. But it's just, it's like a little phone that you pull out. What was Rick pulling out of it? Hold on. It's got a little, um, cord on it connecting it to the, you know, the... The phone part's got a... But anyway, I want to play this little funny uh, commercial from... Well, it looks like, like the late 80s, early 90s. It's a Sports Illustrated football phone commercial. Just the enthusiasm of these people is just like, yeah, right, you guys don't really want something like that. How much are you getting paid for this commercial? Christmas presents for my boyfriend is one of the most impossible things ever. <laughs> Everything I get him, he always wants to return. <laughs> Stores are busy. The cashiers are impatient. Christmas shopping is just about the only thing that wrecks the holiday season. Catch this. It's Sports Illustrated's most exciting Christmas gift ever. The football phone. Free with a paid subscription to SI. It's a telephone. My goodness. It's a telephone inside of a football. Awesome. It's a phone. Oh, cool. 
I would love something like this. Mom, if you're watching, I would love something like this for Christmas. He's looking for the fast. <laughs> it's a phone call. It looks like a football, but works like a regular phone. The football phone plugs into a standard jack and has push-button dialing, on-off ringer, mute button, and automatic redial. Hello, Colleen. This is fantastic. I'm at the stadium right now. I have a football phone. Cute. Uh, this has got to be out of her price range, though. Something like this. <laughs> and the football phone is free. No way. It's free? Free? <laughs> That's even better. And I don't have to go shopping for it, I hope. What do I have to do to get this? Here's the unbelievable catch. The football phone is free if you get Sports Illustrated at their biggest Christmas savings ever. A year subscription at almost 65% off the cover price. You can be billed after the new year, or you can use your credit card today. So call now. And so you're crazy. Nobody cuts prices before Christmas. I'll buy it for my father, my brother, and my boyfriend. You only pay 99 cents an issue, and the subscription includes the NFL, NBA, and baseball previews, the year-end double issue, and the 1991 swimsuit issue. I would love to have Sports Illustrated for Christmas. I never get anything I want. Sports Illustrated. I should have thought of that a long time ago. All I have to do is buy this for all the men in my life, and I wouldn't have any problems at all. My Christmas worries are over. I hope she orders that for Christmas for me. I'd love to have this for Christmas. So, Mom, if you're watching, please, for once. Don't wait. Call our toll-free number now. Get oh, okay. 99 cents an issue. 55 issues. That's like 50 plus dollars. So even though you get the phone for free... You're still paying $55 out of pocket. Granted, how much did Sports Illustrated cost in the store? It probably cost at least $2.99 or more. These are some huge chess pieces. Like I said, Harry Potter type pieces. They don't come to life or anything, but jeez. Phil, we got Phil. Remember Phil? He's a little uh, stuffed mannequin thing. He's wearing a white shirt with a tie and a kilt. Interesting. So Dexter apparently is trying to teach Alfonso how to play. He hasn't been very successful because Alfonso refers to the queen as a chick and the king as the dude. Who cares how he refers to him? If he's interested in playing, that's great. How many teenagers can you get into playing chess? Probably not many. If it were Alex P. Keaton from Family Ties, sure, but it's not. And Edward, of course, is like, well, I can tell uh, your mind's not on the game. I just took your chick. <laughs> Says chick mate. <laughs> there she is! I was wondering when Kate was going to show up. Oh my gosh, Miss Aviator glasses. White scarf bomber jacket she's looking pretty snazzy she's looking oh, she's very pretty i that that look really suits kate is <laughs> indiana jones don't you mean amelia Earhart? what did she call them pilot tongs togs i'm gonna play this clip <laughs> hi guys oh look who's here miss indiana jones <laughs> these are my pilot togs I just took the company plane out for a test spin. And? All systems are go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> mm. oh. You know, Eddie Toy's plane flies a lot better without that giant rubber nose. <laughs> uh, oh, you're the captain. Yeah. Did I tell you, Dex? We're flying down to the island of St. Agnes for Thanksgiving vacation. <laughs> we haven't told Rick yet. It's going to be a surprise. You're qualified to fly a plane over all that water? <laughs> 
Sure, I've flown over rivers, streams, ponds, swamps, bays, gulfs, all the Great Lakes, and several so-so lakes. Yeah, Kate's logged literally thousands of hours of flight time. Yeah, from the time I was a little girl, my Uncle Buzz and Aunt Irene would take me up on their biplane. He was a stunt pilot, and she would walk the wing. How romantic. They broke up, though, when Uncle Buzz caught Aunt Irene walking on someone else's wing. I had no idea you were so aeronautical. Yeah. Dex, I got an idea. Why don't you and Alfonso come along with us? There's room, right, Kate? Oh, yeah. We've got five seats. How much do you weigh? 140, 150 in there? Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, Sure, fine. You say you've flown over water? Puddles, rapids, bottling plants, waterbed factory. Okay, okay. You can come in. Oh, so that's awesome. She's got a uh, pilot experience, probably even more so than Joey Gladstone. And she hugs Edward and says, you know, Eddie Toy's plane actually flies better th- without that rubber nose on it. Like, yeah, that probably would weigh it down a bit. So Edward and Kate kind of have this plan. They didn't tell Rick, of course. They wanted to be a surprise. They're going to fly down to St. Agnes, the Caribbean island, for Thanksgiving. And Dexter, of course, was like, oh, uh, you're qualified to fly a plane over the Atlantic, basically? He says, I've flown over, you know, ponds, puddles, rivers, streams, waterbed factories, that kind of thing. I love how Edward just looks at Kate and is just, like, so enamored with her, like, is there nothing my girl can't do? Oh, she says, also adds golfs and all the Great Lakes. Thousands of hours of Flight time log. Good for her. So her Uncle Buzz and Aunt Irene would take her up on their biplane. I'm not sure what a biplane is. Oh, her aunt was a stunt pilot and walked the wing of the plane. Ooh, oh, oh, that makes me nervous. Isn't that kind of similar to like barnstormers, like um, pilot, uh, like um, aeroplane acrobatics? But her aunt and uncle broke up because Uncle Buzz caught Aunt Irene walking on the plane of someone else's, or on the wing of someone else's plane. Ooh, that's kind of, ooh. So Dexter's like, wow, I had no idea that you're so aeronautical. Aeronautical. Edward sits down back at the table with the chess set and he asks, you know, Dexter, like, hey, why don't you and Alfonso join us? I mean, the plane's, it's, it's what, five people? That's, you know, five of us. She asks, Kate asks Dexter how much he weighs. Like, what, 150, 160, 140? 140, 150? I wish I weighed 140 or 150. I will eventually. And Dexter's like, oh, yeah, 150. I'm like, no, you don't. You wish. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. They're all ready. Like, yeah, Dexter's like, count me in. So Rick and Alfonso come around the stairs and say, hey, we're going to go to the library for a bit. And he's like, yeah, don't wait up for us, Alfonso tells them. Like, uh, yeah, really. Uh-huh, the library does not stay open till midnight or 10 o'clock. Sorry, boys. We're just going to drop the bomb on them, and you know they want to go to that party the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right, let's drop that bomb. <laughs> They're not going to be happy. We'll go to the library, Dad. Yeah, so don't wait up for us. Hey, guys. Come here a sec. We got a little surprise for you. Well, actually, we got a big surprise for you because this Thanksgiving weekend, the five of us will be taking the Eddie Toys Company plane on an expense-paid, fun, and sun-filled vacation to the exotic Caribbean island of... (laughs) St. Agnes! (laughs) 
guys. I just wish you would have given us more notice. Notice? Notice is something you get for bad things, like getting fired or getting sued or getting drafted. You don't give notice for good things, fun things. You just say it. See, we've already made other plans. Well, are they important? Probably the most important thing in my life so far. You want to tell me what it is? I will, but it's not going to sound important to you. I'm just giving you notice. <laughs> See, me and Alfonso, we're getting ready to this big party at a sophomore's house. That's the most important night in your life? You're not going to a party. Hey, we haven't lived that long. <laughs> well, we were kind of hoping we'd all be together for Thanksgiving on a tropical paradise. What if we refuse to go? Yeah, you don't get a choice, guys. You're in that plane. I, I get it. They're teenagers. Of course you don't, you know, spring stuff on them like that. I mean, you can because you're a parent. But, you know, I mean, kids tend to plan things and they want notice when you just drop stuff on Like, don't drop stuff on them like that. And they're kind of like, well, what are these plans that you've made? And Rick's like, well, it's not going to be important to you, but it's a party. I'm like, you ain't going to no party, guys. And Katie even says, you know, we were all hoping you'll spend the holidays together. And when Rick says, you know, I wish you'd given us a little bit of notice, because we already made other plans. And Edward's like, yeah, well, notice is like when you get drafted or, you know, this or that and whatnot and it's like what if we refuse to go and boom they're on the plane kate is piloting the plane we got edward in the co-pilot's chair we got rick and alfonso just peering out the window and we have dexter in the way way back probably flipping through an accountant magazine isn't this great <laughs> okay isn't this great? We get a uh, applause for what? Miami Center. This is November three three four five X Ray Alpha. I am four five DME out of the zero six five radio of the Miami Vortex, bearing three two zero degrees. I'm very impressed. What did you tell them? That we're turning left. Wow! All that so you're turning left. Ah. What I tell you. Once those guys got in the plane out over the ocean, they forgot all about that part. No, they didn't. So how are you guys feeling? Fine. <laughs> Great. Well, I can see why you love to fly, Kate. Sure is beautiful up here. You guys ever see so much blue? Mm-hmm. Whenever I look at the tawny Oglethorpe's eyes. Who? Which I could do if I were Nate's party. Which I could be out if you turn this plane around. Stop! Which I know you won't, so forget it. They'll come around when they get to the Limbo Dance Festival on St. Agnes. How low can you go, man? Did you just unbuckle your seat? Okay, you need to stop, Edward. You're distracting her. Stop. She's trying to fly a plane. You're being very distracting. Thank you. Hey, look here. The hotel in St. Agnes, they got a daily water show starring Lester the Diving Pig. The Diving Pig, huh? Oh, no! Yeah, what? What? what oh, I 
just remembered I left my purple bathing suit in the dryer. Oh, you could buy a bathing suit there. Is that a big deal? I'm in a very small plane, flying over a fairly deep ocean. The last thing I want to hear pilots saying is, oh, no. Yeah, really? I'm sorry, Dexter. But you should relax and enjoy the flight. There's nothing to worry about. Well, I'm afraid there is. What? I don't want to alarm you folks. What? But I feel it's my duty to tell you all that we're flying directly through the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, baloney! Wow! You are not. What's the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah. What's the Bermuda Triangle? It's the section of ocean where thousands of ships and planes have disappeared into thin air. I don't like that. Now that you mention it, I haven't seen any other planes around here. <laughs> You're scaring Alfonso. Alfonso, believe me, the whole business about the Bermuda Triangle is highly exaggerated. Oh, really? Well, I was skeptical, too, until I started reading this book. What is it? The Bermuda Triangle Bottomless Pit of Doom. <laughs> You're Come just on, freaking Dexter. yourself out. Well, Don't read it's that. It's a fact. A disproportionate amount of the planes have vanished. <laughs> they think it's a mysterious electromagnetic force field. My personal theory is, it's a group of alien beings from another dimension who need scrap metal. You need to stop watching Unsolved Mysteries. You guys are ignoring the fact that 99% of the planes that go through this area, nothing at all happens to them. And they... What's that? Whoa! What is going on? What Sorry do... about that, guys. What do you do? I just have to switch fuel tanks. That gauge was off a bit. That's why I missed it. But there's nothing to worry about. We'll be fine now. That's all right. Just keep your eyes on the road. You mean the sky? Yeah. Okay, so is basically letting the the uh, plane people, the hangar, the whatever, just letting them know where their coordinates are, which is probably just as well if they're gonna wind up going down, that they can at least try to pick up their last coordinates. And she's spouting all the stuff in there, and Edwards, he doesn't know what that even means. He's like, oh, wow, what did, what did you say to them? He's like, oh, well, I just let them know I'm turning left. Because, you know, in the sky, you basically just go, ba um, what, based on directions, or north, south, east, or whatever, where on the ground, you pretty much have, you know, streets to guide you and all that stuff. I'm surprised he didn't look in Kate, at Kate, you know, flying a plane like, honey, this is, um, kind of a turn on for me. I kind of like you being a pilot. That's... <laughs> he didn't say that, of course, but, um, Rick and Alfonso are being really, really sullen. And Edward's like, oh, don't worry. Once we get to the St. Agnes, the island, it's going to be great. The kids are going to, you know, they'll get out of their mood. It'll be fine. And Edward's like, oh, you boys, check out the window. You ever seen so much blue? And Ricky mentioned something about some girl named Tawny. Like, oh, I could be looking into her eyes, her blue eyes right now if I were at Nate's party. Like, dude, forget about the party. There are more important things in life than parties. And Edward's all like, oh, honey, they're going to love the limbo. And then he... I swear he unbuckles his seatbelt so he can do the limbo. And he's got the brochure in his hand. He's waving it around. He's right next to Kate. I'm like, dude, put your belt back on. Calm down. You're distracting her by waving that brochure in your hand. And it's like, honey, I'm trying to fly a plane here. You need to not do that. So I agree with Dexter. The last thing I want to hear a pilot say is, oh, no. She's like, oh, no. I'm like, oh, my God. What? What? 
She forgot her purple bathing suit in the dryer at home. You can buy a bathing suit on the island. It's cool. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. But you don't scream, oh no, like the plane's on fire because you forgot your bathing suit at home. Who cares? Island has full of shops that you can just buy a bathing suit. Or you can swim all naturel or in your, you know, your undergarments. It doesn't matter. Who cares? But don't do that. Dexter's freaking himself out because he's like, oh, you need to read this book, Edward. It's all about the Bermuda Triangle, which we're currently flying into right this moment. And then they're going on about percentages and stuff like that, about how planes and ships will fly into the Bermuda Triangle and they get lost. You never see them again. And apparently Kate had to switch to a different fuel tank because the other one is kind of like the dial is like messed up and it's actually close to empty. That's not good. That is not good at all. Why can't they like find a place to land and then get refueled and then they can get back up in the air again? This just makes me nervous. And Rick's talking about beings from another dimension and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Rick, you need to lay off the unsolved mysteries, okay? You really, really do. X-Files hadn't happened yet, so I can't blame the X-Files. Or, uh, what, The Outer Limits? Is that another show about people discovering UFOs and whatnot? I don't know. I've never seen it. Oh, Edward says, you guys are ignoring the fact that 99% of all planes that go through this area, nothing happens to them. It's absolutely fine. By the way, Edward goes into full-blown panic mode. It's like, you got two kids there. You don't want to freak them out. And especially the big kid in the back called Dexter, <laughs> who's already freaked out about the Bermuda Triangle thing. And everything. Like, oh my gosh, what is that? Are we going down? And Kate's like, honey, no, I'm just switching the fuel tank. It's okay. Jeez. You almost gave them a heart attack. But then again, you need to stop freaking out at every little noise that you hear. It's been doing this for a long time. Thousands of hours have been logged. It's fine. She's not Joey Gladstone. Granted, he flew a plane no problem too. So none of them are going skydiving. When she hit that fuel dial with her finger, the thing went from just like a one-eighth of a tank left to right on the line of E. Tells them, don't worry. It's all right. We're fine now. It's not a big deal. Dexter, please just keep your eyes on the road. You mean the sky? Whatever. Oh, looks like they swapped seats. So Rick's up front. Oh, so that's probably how he gets that banged up head of his. How did they swap seats like that? They really need to just be staying in the seat that they started in. That plane is not big enough for you to be bopping around from the front to the back. Maybe Edward just had enough. He's like, honey, I need to get in the back here. I'm just too much sky for my liking. Rick's the co-pilot. All right, I'm going to play this clip. Yeah, how well this goes. Buckle up. All right. Well, I guess you're my co-pilot now. Hey, all right. This is your co-captain, Rick Stratton, speaking. Welcome aboard No Fuels Airlines. Flight number one and a half. <laughs> I want my movie tight. However, when it gets darker, I will be doing hand shadows on the ceiling. <laughs> hey, Dex. Well, this might be a good time to bridge the old gap with you-know-who. Why don't we change seats, huh? It's a good idea, very well. Yes! Ah. <laughs> so, Alfonso, how are you? Fine. Fine? Fine. 
Good start. Also good stop. Let's try again. What are you reading, Alfonso? Tiger Bee. Why is Scott Bayo on the cover of a wildlife magazine? It's not about wildlife. It's about dancing, movies, records, and TV shows. Oh, yeah. where you spend 77% of your weekly allowance. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking. Lately, I've been pushing you very hard to study, to learn, be the way I was when I was your age. And well... Yes? I think I've been absolutely correct. Everyone's kind of swapping seats. So Edward's in the back, sitting next to Dexter, and then of course he tells Dexter, or no, he's sitting next to Alfonso, and Rick's in the co-pilot seat. And Edward tells Dexter, like, hey, won't you switch seats with me, and that way you and De uh, Alfonso can be able to work out whatever issues you guys are having which lack of communication here so they switch seats and Dexter is watching Alfonso flip through a Tiger Beat magazine with Scott Bayo on the cover and he mentioned something about why is Scott Bayo on a wildlife cover or something and Alfonso's like it's not this talks about dancing and musicians and movie stars and television shows yeah i had tiger beat teen beat tiger beat 16 bop bb magazine i have pictures all over my walls of devin sawa and leonardo dicaprio and whoever else when i was 18 i started collecting pictures of prince william because we're like two months apart in age so Alfonso asked a question that I think we all kind of want to know. When are we going to get there? 1600 hours. Are you guys going to like stop somewhere and rest? Eat something maybe? That's a long time. Alfonso's like 1600 hours? Are you serious? Oh my god. And he's freaking out. It's like it's tight quarters in there. It's a tight fit. Somehow people are able to just swap seats. With no problems whatsoever. Kate smiles. I hope that's a no, no, that's not what I mean by 1600 hours. <laughs> Maybe it means, isn't it like, it's military terms, right? Military time? That's like 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. or something? I don't know. Four o'clock. Wow, I was way off. I don't know my military time. I'll be in the plane for another two hours. Like, okay. And of course, like, two hours. Like, dude. You got your magazine. You should have brought more stuff. Comic books, music magazines, books. Oh, they don't like to read. The boys don't like to read. You know, the only one not pitching a fit here is Rick. He's staying cool as a cucumber. Mr. Alfonso here being the complainer. Man, still more hours. Do you guys bring anything to eat on that plane? Anything to drink, maybe? Which, then again, maybe their stomachs aren't really ready for that. There's no bath. Guys, this is just a regular little, like, five-seat pilot plane. Oh, also, Dexter was saying how he's kind of pushing Alfonso to be kind of what Dexter was when he was growing up. And, of course, oh, uh, Dexter doesn't really object to, like, that. Yeah, exactly. I've been 100% correct in how I've been trying to raise you. Is just like me. Read this textbook as he pulls the magazine out from Alfonso's hands. When do we get there? 1,600 hours. 1,600 hours? We're gonna be in this plane for 1,600 hours? 
1,600 hours means 4 o'clock. Oh. That means we'll be in here for another two hours. Oh. Two hours? So why don't we play a game? That's a good idea. I know a good one. It's called Name the Public Figure and the Currency. I played all the time with David Rockefeller. <laughs> you mean like who's on the $10 bill? Alexander Hamilton. Exactly. Now, let's start with an easy one. Who was in the pre-World War Japanese 100 yen bill? <laughs> and it's not Hirohito. Uh, you're not impressed. You're kind of coming with something better to be into. So, what else can we play? Yeah. <laughs> I reckon the person in that 100 yen bill was Shotoku Taishi. Who cares? Gesundheit. I don't care. Anybody ever really play the ever-popular Find the Famous Face in the Cloud game? Never. Now, now, you see that cloud right down over there to the right? There? Yeah, yeah. Now, who's that remind you of? Well, the cheekbones resemble Liberace, but the ears suggest Mr. Spock. <laughs> Any clues? Yeah, okay, it's all in the notes. What's going on? What's going on with Kate? Yeah, in, in a minute. Uh, this is good. Shut no. up, everybody. Barbara Streisand. Shush! No. Shatoku Taishi? <laughs> Something's going on here. Wrong. I'll give you another hint. Now, this guy's nose is so important to him, he never leaves home without it. Carl Malden? That's a good one, Edward. Yeah, <laughs> I can see his nose. Where? Right there. Those geese just flew into his nostril. <laughs> How come we were above that cloud and now we're below it? Yeah, Kate. What's up with uh, that? Well, I was just checking on something. What? Why don't you keep playing? There's some great clouds up ahead. No, something's going on. This isn't good. What is wrong? Dad, why don't you change seats with me? Oh, you want to sit up here? Yeah. Sure. So you, you, something's going on. Whoa, guys. He's trying to drive and you are doing whatever. Seriously, this is insane. Okay. Okay, Alfonso's up front now. Anything wrong? Oil pressure's down in the port engine. You guys got a lamp? Port's that way. Is that a problem? Well, we could lose it. Oh, no. No, 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 Turn no, 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 but uh, just to be safe, why don't we put on our life preservers, huh? <laughs> All right, now, if Kate says we're okay, we're okay. We're okay, right, Kate? Oh, this is awful. 
I keep thinking of something I wanted to do but never did. You're not gonna die. What's that? Learn how to swim. I'm scared, Dad. I'm scared too, son. Dad, I've always told you the truth, but I have something to confess. The reason you didn't know I was doing so bad in science is because my teacher sent you home a note to sign, but I signed it for you. Great. That's all right, I son. Don't care. You, you told me about it now, and you know what you did was wrong, so let's not make a big issue out of it. There we go. Oh, my signature <laughs> another you're not you said you weren't gonna make a big issue out of it yeah well don't change the subject how many other times have you forged my name not mine son the engine's gone uh, we're gonna have to ditch okay prepare yourself now listen carefully when we hit the water wait there's an island over there there we go Try to hold on it. i'm making a turn just glide. Glide it down. There we go. Ooh, look at all those streets. I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. And I love you all. So Rick suggests that they all kind of play a game since they got two hours to spare. And Dexter suggests they name the political f or political figure on currency. And it's just like, no one knows that stuff. No one really cares. Like, oh, anyway, so uh, let's do something else. Edward suggests, like, looking at the clouds and, like, trying to make, a, like, uh, faces or pictures or whatever. The thing is with that, though, everyone that looks at, like, a shaped cloud is going to picture something different. Not everyone see the same thing because they're clouds. So Edward points to a cloud. Who does that remind you of? And of course Dexter says well the cheekbones look like Liberace but the ears remind me of Spock. Okay. So they're all kind of invested. You know Kate's trying to fly this plane and Edward's like oh Kate you can play too. And she's really distracted here. Something is going on. She's like, yeah, yeah, in a minute. In a minute. She's looking at the dial. Something's off there. It's like guys this is not the time. She's really trying to focus here. And she keeps kind of looking out her window, probably looking at, like, the engines and stuff just to make sure they're still going. Something's not right, and this isn't good. Luckily, I guess everyone's kind of distracted so they don't notice what she's looking at, which is probably just as well, otherwise they're going to freak out. Apparently, there's another cloud that supposedly looks like Carl Molden, and they're all looking to the right of the plane while Kate is kind of keeps looking out at, you know, her side of the left, checking the engine and everything. Fonzo's like, hey, how come we're we were above this cloud, but now we're below it? They all turn to look at Kate, because, you know, she's the pilot, so clearly she's going to have the answer to this question. And she, oh, well, she's trying to play it off like it's really, don't worry about it. She's staying calm, which is good, because you don't want to freak them out. She's like, oh, well, I was just checking on something. You guys go back to your cloud game. She's like, there's some great clouds up ahead there. Edward finally is like, all right, we gotta, guy, Dexter, change seats with me for a minute, because that way he can kind of be closer to Kate and kind of figure out what's going on, because, you know, he senses there's something she's not saying. <laughs> and apparently, 
Rick says, hey, Alfonso, you want to change seats with me so everybody can get a turn at sitting in the captain's chair? Not the captain's chair, but the co-pilot chair. It's like, Rick, just sit where you're sitting. Where you're sit- I thought Edward was actually going to come up and sit back where he was originally. Everyone's all getting turned around, trying to switch seats. Guys, you are being so distracting right now. This is not helpful. So, Edward kind of gets between uh, the seats there since he's just behind Kate and says, Honey, is there anything wrong? He tells him that the oil pressure's down on the port engine. Now, I don't fly planes, so I really don't know. It's got, a, you know, whichever one of the engines, whether it's the right or the left, I don't know. And she, he, Edward's looking out to the right and she kind of like knocks him on the shoulder like, Honey, it's that way. <laughs> it's just over my shoulder. And he asks her, like, is this a problem? And she tells him that they could lose it. Like, that's not good. You need both your engines. You hear it really starting to sputter, and of course you know Dexter's going to start freaking out. So she said the engine's out. Of course she tells him not to panic exactly what they're going to do. They're going to panic. We're trying to keep everyone from freaking out. Like, hey, and, and even Kate is like, guys, just, I told you don't panic. It's going to be fine. Dexter's way in the back still. He's like, will you tell us when we can panic? She's like, yes, absolutely. If there's a chance to, that you have to panic, then I will let you know. She tells them they can make it on one engine, so, I mean, they're only a couple hours away, but I don't think they're going to be able to make it to this island. And she does tell them, to be safe, let's put on our life preservers. They are probably, what, right around an ocean somewhere? And Rick's freaking, he's like, oh my gosh, we're going to lose the other engine, aren't we, Kane? She's like, we haven't lost it yet, it's okay, it's okay. So she tells them, alright, we lost it, but we can glide for a little bit. And she's trying to call in to, you know, mayday, mayday, letting people, somebody know where they're at and that they're having difficulty. Unfortunately, they can't get service anywhere. They can't get anyone to respond. This isn't good. Clearly, everyone thinks, everyone but Kate, of course, thinks they're going to die. And it's confession time. Dexter has not learned how to swim. So if they land in the ocean, which Kate is saying they probably will land in the water, just prepare yourself. Rick, of course, figures this is a great time to let his dad know about the reason that he failed science or the fact that he didn't hear about it was because a letter came home, I just forged your signature. And, of course, the idea that they're not going to make it, they're going to crash. Edward's like, oh, it's okay, son. It's okay. It's all right. No biggie. No biggie. Well, that's not important right now. The engine seems to come back to life for even a, a moment. And right away, Edward turns on Rick like, how could you forge my signature? Have you done that to other stuff that's come my way and I haven't found out about? What other classes are you... Fe- what? Oh my goodness. And then, boom, goes the engine. Kate notices that she, there's an island that she's going to try to make a, a break for it. And, of course, we're going over all these trees that you can see scenery and stuff. And then it says to be continued. So now we're going to go into part two. Alright, on to Season 3, Episode 8, Village of the Darned, Part 2, which aired on November 18th, 1984. The Strattons make an emergency landing on a Caribbean island where they have Thanksgiving dinner. This has got a 6.0 out of 10, based on 19 ratings. So, it went up by one point. Alright, directed by Jack Shea, writers David W. Ducklin, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, Stephen Pritzker, Howard Leeds, Ben Starr, Martin Cohen. 
apparently there is a Spanish fisherman that they meet because he is in the cast list here for this episode. Uh, there is a connection called Six Pack. Looks like a movie from 1982. The name of the shipwrecked boat's life buoy is Six Pack. A sure inside joke for Aaron Gray who starred in the 1982 film. What is Six Pack? This looks like a bunch of kids and a, a a race car guy. Oh, Kenny Rogers, Diane Lane, and Aaron Gray. Well, which one's Aaron Gray? Because that looks like Diane Lane to me. Seriously? What is this? Who in the... What is with that haircut? That is a weird... There's Diane Lane. There's some kid holding a gun at a sheriff. I don't like that at all. What is this? What? Oh, that's gotta be her. Maybe she's married. She's maybe married to Kenny Rogers. Is that it? Oh, she plays Lila. <gasps> Barry Corbin's in this movie. He plays the sheriff. Whitey from One Tree Hill. Oh my goodness. That's not Whitey. Who is that dude? I don't know. Interesting. Can I see this movie? Oh, it's on Amazon. Ugh, never mind. Alright, without further ado, let's find out how this ends. You know they're gonna get back. Because they've covered pretty much all of season three. So they get back home. They're not dying on this island. So they don't even bother with a recap. We see they're on a tropical island of something because we see a path. We see Rick walking down it. And you can see, like, the back of the plane. So it looks like she was able to land it safely. Well, maybe say I don't know. Everyone looks really disheveled. Alfonso's pants are torn at the knee. Looks like he's walking with a limp. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I think um, Kate's pant is torn at the knee and Alfonso's walking with a limp. So Rick is kind of saying how this all kind of feels like a dream, almost like it's not happening. And Edward's like, well, son, you're just in shock. Heck, I think you all might be in shock. You're a long ways from New York. And Rick is like, oh man, we could have been killed. And Alfonso turns to Kate and says, you saved our lives, Summers. How did you do it? <clears throat> well, buddy, she's a pilot. She's been clocking a lot of hours. A lot of mileage. Just experience. She was good under pressure. She didn't panic. She didn't freak out. She stayed calm. And exactly as I said, that's what she said. She had a lot of good training and put in a lot of flight hours. And <laughs> she's like, you know, I don't know how I did it either. And Edward's standing behind her and he does kind of put his arms on her shoulders, kind of rubbing them like, honey, it's okay, it's okay. We're all safe. We all, we all got our, our limbs. No one's bleeding. Edward asks if everyone's all right. And Dexter says, well, not really. Look at my $500 briefcase. De Get your briefcase, Dexter. You can buy another. You have the money to do so. Edward was asking if everyone was all right as far as if they got bumped or banged around. If anyone's got a limp. Any of that, you know, bodily harm. Not your briefcase.
almost like a dream. It's not happening. You're just in shock, son. I know. Because I am too. You could have been killed. You saved our lives this summers. I don't know how you did it. Well, I had a lot of good training, and I put in a lot of flight hours. And I don't know how I did it either. <laughs> Is everybody sure they're all right? Not particularly. <laughs> Look at my $500 briefcase. It's ruined. <laughs> Dexter, you survived a plane crash. Really? You could have been killed. You're alive. You're alive. Really? Call this living? You're worried about a briefcase. Civilization. What, a person? Sort of. Let's check it out. Come on. Yeah. Are you, wait. Go into the water. We've got an inflatable raft in the plane. Oh, let's get the first aid kit, too. Okay. So across this river or whatever it is, body of water, they notice civilization. I don't know exactly what that means because we don't see it. But Kate mentions there's an inflatable raft in the plane. And also, Edward mentions you might want to get the first aid kit in case someone... Because Rick, we, I, I noticed in the picture when I was looking for, up for this episode that Rick does have a bandage on his forehead. So I'm wondering if... Because he was rubbing at it recently. So it's like he might have gotten a bump. Alfonso's voicing like if there's people here, what if they're not friendly? What if they're headhunters or dare I say it cannibals <laughs> no no think happy thoughts everybody think happy happy thoughts that whoever you meet on this island is gonna be a safe person who won't kill you maybe they'll even help you get help and get back to New York or back to the St. Agnes Island so everyone's paddling to get to that sandy little island there. But Edward's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There are no hostile natives here in the Caribbean. You don't know what's out there. You don't know. Everyone just kind of looks because looks at Edward because Kate is, like, right at the front. She turns and, like, looks over her shoulder at Edward, like, are you serious right now? Are you... Ooh, looks like Edward got kind of banged up. He's got a gauze wrap on his arm. Ooh, he might have gotten a cut. And he says, the worst you'll run into is a surly check-in clerk. Is that where you landed? You landed on St. Agnes Island? I keep wanting to say St. Ignace, but it's not. So they make it to the shore here, and they pull the raft up as Alfonso and Rick hop out of it. They come across this hut, which I'm trying to read. It looks like Ben Carlson? Ben Carlson home dedicated something. I'm just, there's, it's like a little hut with some, uh, some grass and stuff set up. What is that? It looks like Ben Carlson home. Oh, here we go. Oh, wow. Oh, but I was right about the Ben Carlson. Okay, it says, dedicated July 10, 1952. So it's been about 32 years. Dedicated July 10, 1952. Another Ben Carlson home. What does it mean, another? 
Ben Carlson home. Is this like a, um, he sets up shop and then he takes off so that way in hopes that any person who just happens to, um, have an issue with a plane or goes down or get lost, they have shelter? I don't know. I don't know. But let's find out. That looks awfully dilapidated. Okay, it's not a great neighborhood, but at least it's a neighborhood. Let's hope there's somebody around to help us. What if the people aren't friendly? What if they're headhunters? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There are no hostile natives in the Caribbean. The worst you'll run into is a surly check-in clerk. Good. Grab the rope. Okay, jump, Rick. St. Agnes, they're bound to send somebody to look for us. Well, they know where to look. There's hundreds of tiny islands around here. We could be stranded here for hours or decades. Yet, I don't want to be the only high school freshman that's 34 years old. Son, look, I promise you, Monday morning, 9 o'clock, you'll be back behind your desk in science class. On the other hand, it might not be so bad to be stranded for two or three weeks. <laughs> We should find fresh water, collect some food, repair this hut, and we could build a giant lighthouse with bamboo and coconuts and palm leaves. A giant lighthouse? What makes you think of that? Well, I... Okay, I admit it. I once glanced at an episode of Gilligan's Island. You watched Gilligan's Island? He said he glanced at it. I did it. It's over. <coughs> I'm not proud of it. <laughs> So I have a question here. I know that Rick is definitely worried, like, what if they don't find us here? There are a bunch of little islands. And Edward says, it's like, when we don't check into the hotel or the place we were going to stay, they're going to know something's wrong. Granted, when Kate did let them know about her coordinates, granted they still had two hours of time to reach their destination, they might have something still to go on, which is good. Um, what about a flare gun? That that plane would have to have a flare gun or, or something to that effect. Find stuff to build a fire. Get a fire going, so that way that is another way to help yourself be found. Um, collect rocks. Spell out SOS. Spell out help. You don't need to watch Gilligan to get that information. 
granted, Dexter lets it slip that he once glanced at an episode because he mentions about how they can make a lighthouse out of coconuts and bamboo stalks and what have you. And Alfonso's like, you watched Gilligan, Uncle Dexter? And Uncle or Dexter's all like, look, I did it. It's done. We don't need to ever speak of it again. And by glance, he probably just like looked up for a split second at the screen while Alfonso was watching and looked back down at his paper. Edward sees the sign about Ben Carlson. Like, wonder what happened to Ben Carlson? And Alfonso's like, well, he was probably rescued. Maybe. But it says another home. And this was 32 years ago that that happened. How is that sign still in really good shape? We got some naysayers, you know, with Rick being negative. Edward at least is trying to remain calm and positive. Like, don't worry, next Monday, Rick, you're going to be back in science class right in your seat. And Rick's like, well, you know, maybe two or three weeks here wouldn't be bad. Did they bring any food with them or anything on the plane? They got to have something. That's why you pack in case of an, of an emergency, you prepare. You know that odds are probably something bad won't happen, but you want to be prepared. Granted, that plane probably has a, plane, uh, a weight limit of how much can be on the plane, so you wouldn't be able to pack much. I notice Alfonso is getting a little bit of a, a little Carlton uh, stash here. Granted, it's puberty, it happens. Alfonso's got to go to the bathroom. Wherever you want to go, buddy, in, in, in the trees, wherever, it's, you, the whole place is basically a bathroom. They're all pointing in, like, different directions, like, have at it. Don't forget to take some of those leaves in case it's, you gotta go number two. They're all whistling that dude. know what it's called but it was saying in the breakfast club in that movie when they're all just watching the clock and they're all like (laughs) you know that (laughs) they got a fire going i knew they could do it yeah and it's dark so they've been there a bit do they have any food anything oh man mosquitoes no one brought any uh deep woods no one brought any off none of that stuff well they weren't expecting to hit that island and be stuck there so well at least the west nile virus (laughs) your mosquitoes and now i'm starting to itch weird isn't that weird quinn yeah she's sleeping (laughs) nile didn't exist then so they were lucky so they've been having their fill of bananas because Alfonso mentions how full he is. And Rick, of course, is like, dang it, couldn't we have landed on an island with a Burger King on it? And Edward, ever trying to stay positive, is like, yeah, we're lucky. We're very fortunate. Bananas are such a great food filled with potassium. Kate looks like she is really PO'd. She really looks like she wants to say, like, take your banana and stuff it, Edward. Great dinner. All bananas really fill you up. Couldn't we have landed on a deserted island with a Burger King on it? Actually, you know, we're very fortunate. Banana is perfect food. He looks so angry. There are plenty of them around here. 
nice packaging. Built with its own handle. Or did she feel bad because... Perfect, we're making a point. <laughs> I wish we had something for dessert. Just remember. What? Some M&M's. Oh, God, they all crowd around him. Like, oh, I got some M&M's. They want Rick, the M&M's. They're, they, those they're... are yours. <laughs> you don't have to share them unless you want to. We want you to share the M&M's. You do want to. Right? Don't you? Sure. I, I think I'm not the one for each person. One for each person. Salvage that one M&M. He didn't get a shareable pack? Mmm. This is a nice change of pace. Melted M&M. You're making... having a little bit now and I'm saving the rest for later. It's an M&M. It's not that Dog. big. I swallowed mine. Ah, oh, Dexter. Alfonso, I'll give you 5,000 bananas for that one M&M. No. Oh, I my God. How can you make jokes? We're stranded on an island. We haven't seen a ship or a plane all day. We'd probably be here for the rest of our lives. Guys, we could use some more driftwood for the fire. Sure. Sure. Yeah, worry. They're gonna turn on each other once the kids Extra, are gone. I'm as scared as you are, but we can't show that <laughs> boys. You're not alone. We're all tired and scared. There's a comfort. It's probably never been more important that we act like mature adults. It's easy for you to say you have an M&M &M left. <laughs> dessert rick says oh I, that's, I have a packet of m&ms granted guys this is not a large bag of m&ms it's not even a shareable size of m&ms it's a single like one person it's not a fun size but it's just a single pack of m&ms that he's got enough for each person to have like one and i love how kate said oh i'm having half now and saving it for later it's an m&m what, how much are you going to save of it? They're not that big. <laughs> and when Rick pulls out that bag of M&M's, everybody just leans, like, right into him. Like, really close up. And Edward's like, now, son, you know, you don't have to share those M&M's, but we'd really like it if you could share those M&M's. <laughs> And Dexter's like, oh, dang it, I swallowed mine already. <laughs> and Dexter is really, I get the negativity. I understand. You're freaked out. You're scared. He's like, we're going to be here forever. We're going to die here and this and that. Edward says, boys, why don't you guys go get us some different driftwood so we can keep this fire going throughout the night. And he turns to Dexter once the boys are gone and says, Look, Dexter, I understand how you're feeling. I am scared too, but we can't let on to our boys that we're scared. You know, we got to be, you know, strong. We got to be brave for them and everything. And of course, Dexter's like, Yeah, well, you still have your M&M. 
And Edward is like, here, Dexter. He's like, oh, swallowed it again. Stop then. And Kate, of course, has half of her M&M, which she sticks in her mouth, and then she starts licking the chocolate off her hand. Like, I'm not giving you any residue of M&M left on my hand. He puts that half of M&M in her mouth so fast. <laughs> Looks like uh, Edward's trying to get that radio to work so they can hopefully get a hold of somebody. I don't know the service or the reception that they're going to get. But hey, if it worked for Gilligan, even though it's a TV show, it might work for Edward and Kate and them to get rescued. They could start another fire while it's daylight out. And like I said, spell SOS and like seashells and rocks or H-E-L-P. Help. So Edward's done about what he could. He said the radio's fine, but the battery's dead. So basically they're kind of screwed, basically. It looked like they got, like, a red shirt or something, that the, a scrap of red that's kind of hanging on one of the trees. Because definitely you can spot red. It's a solid, bright color. And Kate's hoping that maybe we'll just have to hope that somebody spots us or we spot somebody here. Well, there is a person in the credits, that fisherman guy, so hopefully they have luck with that.
or journal of this Ben Carlson person who and it's from 1962 when that thing oh so that sign was 1952 so somehow the guy must have gotten washed up again 10 years later cause now he's mentioning about the fact that oh he tried to make it to Jamaica tried to make a little boat or whatever and he ended up returning and he'd been eating all- I think he went nuts off of eating all those bananas. My good golly. And he's talking about, like, some banana king and a uh, monkey and a trip to Mars. And it's like, yeah, this guy is off his rocker. And apparently the guy's been there for 6,000 plus days. And Rick does not like this. It's not good. He's like, that's like 15 years. Is it really 15 years? It's 16 years, guys. I, I, I added it up or divided it or whatever you want to call it. On the... So they start turning on each other pretty quickly. Which I'm not surprised because when you have that many people, like five people, eventually there's going to be arguing. There's going to be fighting. You can't go very long without people starting to panic and lash out at each other in anger. You guys have seen that show Survivor. You know how that works. And Rick's like, geez, some Thanksgiving this is. Now Fonzo's like, yeah, no turkey, no football game, no Macy's Day Parade. They're basically, we didn't ask to come on this vacation. You kind of dragged us along. And now because of you, we're all stuck here. And Alfonso's like, all I have to read is a math book. Sir, you gotta give it up, okay? Alfonso is never gonna be into math and academia as much as you are. You can drill it into his head, you can smack him over the head with a book, but at the end of the day, Alfonso's gonna be what Alfonso's into. No amount of pushing, shoving, screaming is gonna make him like school or academia any more than he already doesn't like it. Alfonso decides to just take off and go for a walk for a bit. 
And it's it's nice out, the sun's out and everything, but you can definitely tell the wind has picked up. And Edward turns on Dexter first. He's like, hey, maybe Alfonso's more concerned about his life than studying. Dexter says, look, I'm not telling you how to raise Richard. Edward comes back, look, it was just a suggestion, okay? And Rick turns on his dad. He's like, yeah, kind of like this trip. I didn't ask for this. And he says, look, it's not my fault we had the stupid accident. And they're both yelling at each other. And now Kate's like, what do you mean stupid accident? I'm surprised he's not blaming her because she was the pilot. And so Edward's like, well, look at us. We've hit rock bottom. Yeah, because you're all angry and you're turning on each other because there's nothing else to do there. Of course, isn't Dexter such a character with that silk robe that he's wearing? And then he came out of the the woods or the whatever foliage with one of those plug-in electric shaver thingies. This is the biggest trope of all tropes when it comes to this line. Well, the thing about rock bottom is it can't get any worse. And boom, right away, it does. Look at the sky. What's in the sky? I'm like, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to suck for them because they really don't have any real coverage. It's not just going to rain. It's a tropical storm. It's a hurricane. That's not good. So they start screaming for Alfonso because they just realize he's not with them. That's right. He went off to take a walk. Dexter says, I'll go after him. And they're like, no, no, no. Don't go after him. Don't. And then Edward's like, well, I will go after Dexter. Kate and Rick, you stay here. Rick's like, no, Dad, I'm coming with you. He's like, no, you need to stay here. You hear Rick scream like, Dad! And we see this. It's not a big tree, but it's still something that's being uprooted out of the ground. Edward falls, and it lands right just above his knees. And you see Kate and Rick come and try to lift it off of him. They're really struggling. It's like, he could have broken both his legs. He probably, maybe he has. That's not good. You can really use Alfonso and Dexter right now. Where are they? You need to get that tree off of Edward's legs. That's gotta be... I mean, it's not a real island. It's just a set. But even still, all that that wind and all that water being hit in your face and you're trying to act and everything. Ugh. Oh, I can't lift it Alfonso. 
So Rick's like, hey, we gotta do something because my dad's in pain. And of course, Rick doesn't realize without the commotion, he's stepping on his dad's foot. Which, of course, it's not gonna feel well, especially if you got a tree, like, pinning you to the ground across your legs. And they managed to find a branch of some sort to help lift it up just enough to have Rick help his dad slide out from underneath. And of course, Edward tries to get up and stand and start, I'm like, dude, you are in no position to walk. You really aren't. So luckily Kate and Rick help him. They get to that hut, they get inside of it, and they just crouch down and just kind of wait out the weather. I'm surprised that that hut, it must have been in some dang good condition because it didn't even leave the ground. I was worried it was all that, those fronds or those leaves were all going to like blow away. I, but then again, where are Dexter and Alfonso? And in the morning, all three of them, Kate, Rick, and Edward, all kind of peek through the fronds that they have up as a wall on that hut. And Edward says, wow, you'd think with this mess we were hit by a hurricane. And Kate and Rick just look at Edward like, you think? So they make it out of the hut and they start walking. Of course, Edward is limping because he just had a tree across, break out of the ground and pin him to the ground. So he's limping. And they're like, well, we got to find Alfonso and Dexter. And I really hope that they're all right. Because they don't know the condition. They don't know if they found shelter or not. Boy. Place looks like it was hit by a hurricane. Oh, 
was frantic when I couldn't find Alfonso. I run much better without shoes. On the Harvard track team, they used to call me the Barefoot Breeze. I swear to What happened to you? Well, I got lost trying to find my way back. I almost walked off the cliff when Uncle Dexter found me. Yeah, we waited the storm out in the cave. Yeah, two whole hours, and you didn't once tell me to do my homework. <laughs> that duck what are they eating chips plantains so rick edward and kate apparently got to have a big breakdown sob moment but it's kind of hard to take it seriously when we see dexter and alfonso well before they do they find dexter's red slipper and and Kate and Rick are all like, well, how do we know this is really Dexter's? And she's like, no, no, it could be anybody's red slipper. Edward clarifies, no, this is his slipper because I got it for him for Christmas. And he said, hold the receipt because they want to use it as a tax deduction. And they all break down and cry thinking that Dexter and Alfonso are dead. That they didn't survive the hurricane. Rick even says, I never got to tell Alfonso what a great friend he was. And Edward mentions how it was his idea in the first place to even, you know, he's the one who suggested to Dexter to go on this trip with him. And now he's feeling guilty. And they're just crying and, and weeping because they feel they'll, they'll never see their friends again. And of course, Dexter breaks the silence as Edward, Kate, and Rick are all clinging to each other and just crying their eyes out. Like, oh, that was beautiful. And I'm like, you guys witnessed that whole thing you could have spoke up a little sooner but everyone they had to get their sob story out they had to cry they had to get that anguish the the fear that their friends could be dead they think that he drowned and kate's trying to reason like why would he go in the water he said he can't swim and rick says well maybe he went in there to save alfonso what alfonso can't swim do we know that about him well they're talking about what could have happened to Dexter and Alfonso, we see Dexter and Alfonso walk up. They, and like I said, the three, the trio here are unaware that Dexter and Alfonso are watching them break down. Like, guys, you could have said, and I just think, come on, seriously? They're all breaking down. This could have been you, this cry fest that they have could have been saved for a much better emotional episode. This, honestly, this episode, I feel this, this cry fest, this breakdown, this episode was undeserving of that. You could have saved that for something else that really could emotionally have hit home. Granted, I'm not trying to say that people that have been stranded on islands and everything, that they don't deserve to cry and feel bad and everything. I just wish that they could have used the tears for some well, more well-deserving episode. And Edward and Kate are crying in case they they're like they were like family. And I noticed that Rick, that band-aid that's on his forehead is starting to slowly unravel and dry out. Cause it's starting to curl on the ends. And Edward calls it ironic that he was the one that talked Dexter into the trip. And he says you try to help people and they end up in the ocean. Dexter, you know, 
finally interrupts us. Oh my god, that's beautiful. As he blows his nose on like a hanky or, or something. And he just raises his arms. Like, ah! And they all hug and they're all happy. They found each other again. Then we see this adorable little mallard duck just waddling away. And Edward's about ready to strike it down. Like grab it and by the neck or whatever and make their turkey Thanksgiving dinner even though it's a duck. And we see them eating something. I'm like, if you killed that bird, I'm going to be very angry. So, Kate asks, how did your slipper get in the water, Dexter? Dexter says, I run much better without shoes. When I was frantic looking for Alfonso, I took them off. And he says something about how he was called, like, the Breeze or something at college, you know, on the track team. Which, I, I, I swear he said something like that when, um, Bruce, um, Jenner slash Caitlyn Jenner had visited... And we learned that Alfonso was dyslexic. I swear that Dexter said something to that effect. And they took shelter in a cave for a couple hours. And Alfonso says, Dexter was so happy to see me that he didn't even make me do homework for two hours or whatever. Or bug me about school or math. Edward's like, we might have Thanksgiving dinner after all. He's still kind of stumbling because, of course... His legs are now messed up. He's stumbling after this duck. And then we see them in a hut eating something. Oh, thank goodness the duck is still there. Oh my gosh. Whew. I was concerned. I'm like, what are they eating? And we see the duck there. Do they name the duck? What do they call the duck? Quacky? Oh, Rick gives the duck some food. Oh, that's sweet. Maybe they call it Mr. Quackers. That's cute. Boom! Quackers! Boom! I called it! Quackers! I told you, right? I mean, no mister, but quackers, right? <laughs> I'm playing this clip. Gosh, what are they eating? I kind of want some. This is good. Look! What is it? <laughs> this turned out to be a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. Even quackers have something to be thankful for. Nobody had the nerve to make them the main course. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe roast kelp with banana sauce could catch on. <laughs> roast kelp? Mm, more sweet fern, Edward. Well, don't mind if I do. Sweet fern. You know, it's not the food that's important Thanksgiving. Lucky thing. <laughs> well, we survived some hair-raising experiences the last three days, and we did it by sticking three together. Three days, huh? And the fact remains... So you're going to be yes, saved? We're still stuck on this stupid island. we got to get out of here. Maybe we'll get the radio working again. Yeah, if we could get the generator going, well, then we'd have power for the radio. What generator? Here's a thought. Maybe we could build <laughs> big wings and have the winds blow us to civilization. Remember <laughs> Gilligan's Island? Okay, so I watched two. I watched two episodes. Dexter's on to something. <laughs> we could use the wind to turn the generator. Something else I remember from science class. Everything we need's on the plane. Come on, let's go. Ha, ha. The fact that you didn't think of this two days ago. Oh, there he's got, he's got a um, crunch uh, thing. Oh, sweet! So they're eating like kelp, like fried kelp and some other type of thing, like sweet fern or something that Kate says. And <laughs> Rick says, "Good thing Quackers is pretty thankful because we didn't make him the main course." <laughs> but 
Edward says they've been on the island now three days. It's like, guys, the ones that we, we gotta get out of here. We can't keep staying here anymore. They realize, like, they needed, like, a wind turbine thing to get that generator going so they can call for help. And they realize, which they could have realized two days ago, everything they need is on the plane. And if I were a teen girl in 1984, hey, Quinn, I definitely would be going humana humana over Ricky Schroeder here in that light blue tank top. Whoa, teenage me likes a lot. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. They're getting their radio to work and stuff. Oh, that is so cool. They're so ingenuitive. All right, he says, everybody cross their fingers. Let's see if they get it. Let's see if they can get a hold of somebody. Everyone's out shopping for... Well, they said three days. So this has got to be... This has got to be the day after Thanksgiving. So everyone's shopping for Black Friday. They're all out at the stores. Trampling over people. Trying to get the latest gadget. communicate with the fisherman that's like a hundred 
kilometers, miles, what have you, down the shore to Bahama, near the Bahamas. It worked out, and they got the signal fire going. They're going to be safe. We don't get to see them at home. We don't get to see them be home? Oh, We know that they survived because this is, you know, season three, episode eight. Oh, because they jumped in the in the air, and then you see the credits, and then they come back, and of course, Edward's on his back while everyone else is still on their feet. Edward, you gotta not do that. <laughs> it's gonna take longer for your legs to heal. He's probably gonna want to go see a doctor once he gets back. Kate, er, Kate and Rick realize that Edward's on the ground, like, uh, we need to help him back up. So that's the episode, guys. I really liked it. I had a lot of fun with this. This is a great two-parter. Really, it's just a lot of adventure. I didn't know that that hurricane was going to happen because that was, I mean, it's bad enough that, you know, they got stranded on this island and then the hurricane happened. So I think I want to give this one um, five out of five toy trains. I definitely think that that's already all, all as a whole episode, five out of five trains. Just the suspense, the, the hurricane, Edward getting injured, adorable quackers, just all of it. It's just, it's so great. Kate flying a plane. That was awesome. I loved that. It was just so great all around. As far as for the silver spoonful for this episode, I think I want to go with always prepare for an emergency. Regardless of what happens, it's always best to keep some spare food, a first aid kit, which of course the plane did have that. And just, you know, water, because you're definitely going to want to have some water there because you can only go a f short amount of time without water. This is a fun question. I Okay, if you were, everyone asks this question all the time. If you were stranded on an island, what would you bring with you? Now, mind you, of course, you want to be careful because if you're on a plane, you don't know, you don't want to overpack. But in the case of an emergency, pack some books, couple, not a lot of, but maybe, well, if I packed my nook, though, eventually the battery would run out, so that would be a problem. Um, let's see, what else could I get? Uh, definitely some shampoo. Um, I know that's not a necessity. <laughs> um, some food. Some water. I mean, as much as I want to bring Diet Coke with me, I definitely, water's going to be major on the list. Maybe a little bit of Gatorade, Powerade, something like that. Um, just necessities that you, you would need. You definitely want to keep your electrolytes up, especially if it's really, really hot. I definitely want something to read. Quinny, if you were on an island, what would you take with you? Huh? Would you take some cat food? Speaking of cat food, yeah, I know your dish is kind of empty. I'll fill it later. <laughs> She's looking at her cat food dish. Like, I know. I only fill that at night, and I give her wet food. But, yeah, definitely um, a book and music. I know eventually music would run out. The battery would die, but some type of something, something to get me through. Alright, so let's talk about the episode that is going to be coming in December. And then in January, we start season four. Oh, I'm so excited. The final episode of season three. And then season three will be 100% finished. Season three, episode 11, entitled Twas the Night Before Christmas. December 
1984. It's Christmas time, but Alfonso is sad to learn he won't be spending the holidays with his mother, while Freddy and his family are homeless. Oh, that's sad. I remember seeing this episode, but I was really young when I saw it. I was probably maybe 10 or under. And I remember Alfonso Rivero um, um, having, he was singing a sad Christmas song, and it just really breaks your heart. So, that being said, alright, look forward to the Christmas episode in December, and then season four starts up in January. I'm looking forward to seeing where season four takes us. The predicaments that Rick will get into, being he's an most likely a sophomore in high school. Kate and Edward are now, you know, they've been married for a little bit now, and how that's gonna be. It just, I, I, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. There might be some serious episodes here and there, but there really aren't many. I kind of looked ahead to see what to expect. It's like there's maybe not even a handful between season four and five. So, all right, everybody, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Bye bye.